Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. You realize sowing isn't just in the area of money. Sowing is in the area of every arena of your life, whether it's giving of my time, my talent, my treasure, or just purposing to love somebody. God said that there's a return on that. Amen? If you'll purpose to spend time with God, there's a return on that. I'll say that again. If you'll purpose to spend time with God, there is a return from spending time with God. He'll pour out into your life. He'll bless you. In fact, he said in these days that we're living in that he's purposing to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And so I'm telling you what, God is wanting to visit his church. He's wanting to visit his people and reveal to people that he is the God that he says he is, that he loves them, that he's endeavoring to to, to work in their life if we'll just simply learn how to trust him and walk with him. And so I don't know about you, but this, this whole idea of living our best life now is something that I'm endeavoring to do. Because I don't know if you've ever lived life like I have, and I'm sure we've all been there, but there's just seasons and times of life where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, come on are you there I mean and the interesting thing is is that you can look at life and you can say well you know what I've got the money I've got this I've got that and still anything that I do have doesn't seem to bring fulfillment or satisfaction in my life right and so therefore there's something more to this life than just going to work every day working nine to five bringing home the paycheck living for the weekend. No, God says, I want you to experience life and life more abundantly. Now, there is this life, this natural life that we have to contend with. How many of you do realize that 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 life really pretty much consists of, you know, you wake up, go to work, go to bed, wake up the next day, go to work again? Didn't wish it have to be that way, but that's just the way that it is. You know, in fact, for that matter, we think, well, man, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to have to work anymore. Did you know when you get to heaven, you're going to have to work? Now, it's not going to be working in the labor of your flesh like it is now, but there's work to be done. And there's going to be work to be done for eternity, right? And on the other end of that work is blessing and increase and the goodness of God. And God says, I want you to experience that here on this earth right now. You know, we ought to go to heaven and it not be a surprise to us. We ought to be able to go to heaven and say, you know what? I've experienced this before. I've lived like this before. Maybe not to this degree or this measure, but I've experienced this kind of life because I've walked with God. I've experienced him. I've lived my best life on this earth. And therefore, when I've come here, it's just an extension of the life that I've already known. Amen? Come on, say it with me. We've been making this our declaration. Say, I can can, and I will. will. Say it one more time. Say, I can can, and I will. I'm going to live my best life now, right? I don't know about you, but we're going to do it together. If you'll let me, we're going to run this race. We're going to have fun on the journey, and we're going to change it around. Because you realize uh, life can be heavy at times, and it can seem like it's weighing on our shoulders. But listen, if we'll purpose to carry the burden and the load together, how many of you know it's a whole lot easier? You know, this whole existence of living life as believers was not just about coming to church on Sunday and say, well, that's how we do church and that's how we do life. We come to church together. No, I'm talking about living life together. It's not coming to church and being able to 
vomit on somebody and say, here's what's going on in my life. And then for the brief hour and a half, we pat them on the back and give them a hug and say, I'm here with you, brother. I'm here with you. And then we go our ways. No, this life as the body of Christ was to bear each other's burden and do life together, right? Getting together in the nitty-gritty of life and purposing to grow and experience the goodness of God because he wants us to live this best life now. Amen. Now, in the context of a husband and wife, you know, God desired, the, the, the Bible actually says that between a husband and wife, it's actually a spiritual covenant. So if you're married here today, God desires for the relationship of the husband and wife to be each other's burden bearer. Man, it ought to be such an easy thing. Now, again, I'm saying this that it should be. I know that it isn't always. But it should be an easy thing for us to come to one another as a husband and wife, lock arms and say, you know what? I need your help. I need some support right now to where we can come together and rely on that. Now, you might say, that's not how my marriage is. Well, let's turn it around right now. Let's begin to say, it can and it will. Say it again. Say, it can and it will. Why will it? Because you say so. You might say, well, what if they don't want to? Well, you just keep on believing for them. Rather than continuing to say, oh, you're just a stupid old thing. You, you just never change. No, purpose to speak positive in their life. If you can't say nothing nice, then just bite your lip. <laughs> right? Come on. God wants us to experience this best life now. Now, listen, there, there's... There's some things that we got to be aware of or understand in the context of us living this best life now. In fact, for that matter, have you ever been driving your car? I don't know that this is, maybe it's a guy thing that you're more aware of, and I don't mean to slight ladies. I'm just saying ladies may not be so mechanical. But man or woman, have you ever noticed there's times that maybe you're driving your car, and if you let go of the steering wheel, your car starts to drift or it starts to pull in a direction, and you have to grab the wheel and you have to get it back to center, and then you let go of the wheel again, or if you're not paying attention, it just naturally pulls or gravitates one way. Well, if you're experienced that with your vehicle, now I'm not just talking about the natural just drift as you've gone down the road. I'm talking about a, a pull. Well, if it's pulling or drifting hard, if you take your hands off the wheel, then what that's an indication is, is that your car is out of alignment, right? And if your car is out of alignment, it will naturally gravitate off center. How many of you know that God wants us to be living a life that is in the center of the road? Unfortunately, much of the body of Christ lives in the ditches. You know what I mean? A ditch here or a ditch here. But God says, man, I want you to, to live in the middle of the road. That's where the blessing is. That's where the best life is now. But many times what we oftentimes find is that our lives are drifting. And the reason being is because we're out of alignment. Right? Uh, this was just a couple years ago. Uh, we took the car in and uh, did an oil change. And obviously, they lifted up on the hoist, right? And when they lifted it up on the hoist, they came back in. They said, Mr. Umber, I just wanted to make you aware of the fact that your back tires are bald and there are uh, the actual uh, wires hanging out of your tire. 
I'm like, are you serious? And, and, and I'm like, whatever. You know, they're always trying to upcharge, upsell, you know. And I'm like, whatever. So I go out there. And kid you not, man, that sucker was smooth as a baby's butt with wires hanging out the thing. But the thing is, is that it was on the inside of the tires. And so, therefore, on the outside, just walking around the car, you didn't necessarily see it unless you were to get underneath of it. And so, from the natural side or just the, 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 the general appearance, everything looked okay, but it was out of alignment. And as a result, there was extreme wear on the tires, and actually, it had worn so much that it was coming into a dangerous place. So, for us as believers... As God's kids to live this best life, God wants us to learn how to realign ourselves with Him because when we're out of alignment, everything can look like it's doing okay, but the moment we take our hands off, there begins the drift. Or there might be things that are going on the unseen realm that we're not aware of, but we're, we're coming into a place where it's extremely dangerous and the wires are bare and it's showing and it's just a matter for the blowout to come, but we were never aware of it. But it's just a matter of a simple alignment. How many of you know that when it comes to your cars, they know how to put it up on the lift and get it all situated and realigned? I mean, it's what they do. How many of you know that God knows his business when it comes to realigning you? He knows how to realign your life to get it into that place of living the best life now. But you've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be realigned. I want to position myself and get into the shop, if you will, and let you talk to me in terms of realigning my life so that we can start going down the road and experience the best life now. I want to bring your attention over to Second Chronicles, if you will. Second Chronicles, if, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. They'll have these up on the screen, obviously. But Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I'm going to read from these in just a moment. But in chapter 19, the Bible tells us about King Jehoshaphat. Now, I've ministered on this particular portion of Scripture before, but I want to look at it a little, from a little bit different perspective this morning concerning living our best life. Now, King Jehoshaphat, uh, he had been living his life, and he had begun to align himself with wrong people. As a king, he began to align himself incorrectly, and so therefore, as a result, he began to take his people in the wrong direction. And so God got a hold of him and began to share with him. He says, you are out of alignment. You need to get realigned, and if you'll do, I'll bless you. I'll increase you. I'll take care of you. So I want to pick up here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 1. It says, it happened after the people of Moab, uh, with the people of the Amons and the others with, the, uh, with them, besides the Amorites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the seas, from Syria. And they are uh, Hazan, Hazazan's uh, Tamar, which is En Gedi. So he says, There are a number of people that are coming to battle against you. Now, it's interesting how when you're going through the things in the thick of life, 
that the enemy does something that will rattle your cage. And sometimes he'll use people to do that. But his whole tactic is to really get you into a position of fear. You see, he purposed to adjust his heart, but upon doing so, his people came and says, listen, you've got multiple armies coming against you today. Now, the moment he heard that, he's got a choice to make, right? Now, the thing about the enemy is that when he comes to talk to you, he's always going to position himself or talk to you from the standpoint of things being bigger and harder than they really are, right? Now, in regards to Jehoshaphat here, there's some things that we can look at or maybe we won't have the time to actually get into, but there are some things that he did that caused some things to become a chain effect as a result of his choices. But how many of you know that just because of the world that we live in, we live in a fallen world, so therefore bad things are going to happen, hardships are going to happen just because we live in a fallen world. Does everybody understand that? I mean, if we're living on this side of eternity, difficult times are going to come our way. In addition to that, not only are hard times going to come, the enemy is going to come and work against us if you're the body of Christ. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, if you confess Jesus as Lord, how many of you know that the enemy is going to come and knock on your door to try to knock you out? He's going to come and try to mess with your life. If he can't mess with you, he's going to mess with your family, mess with your spouse, mess with your money, whatever it is. He's coming to mess with your life so that you can begin to be moved from your position of faith. He wants you to get into fear. And so in that moment, you have a choice of how are you going to be aligned? What are you going to align with when you face obstacles, when you face challenges? All right, let's look at 2 Chronicles 23, 20 verse 3. Now, he heard these things. Now, before I move on, let me just, again, the fact that he'll, the enemy will use people. Do you know that there's people that, that will come to you and say, you know, there's a bad situation going on. But in the way that they tell it can invoke a different response from you, right? For instance, I, we get out of church today and I say to you, hey, listen, man, somebody bumped into your car and uh, looks like there's some damage on your car. And they're like, oh, dear God. Well, now, I just said to you, you know, somebody bumped in your car, it looks like there's some damage. Or I could come to you and I could say, oh my gosh, somebody slammed into your car. I mean, it is, oh my goodness, you ought to see the damage on your car. Right? Do you understand that? I mean, I'm trying to exaggerate the point. I mean, I can just come and tell you, hey, here's what's going on. And I'm just giving you information. Or I can come to you and I can give you information with some emphasis. And the way that I deliver the message is a matter of how you have a choice to respond, right? And how many of you know that when it comes to the enemy, he's not just coming to knock on your door just to give you some general information. Oh, excuse me, by the way, I wanted to know that uh, your house payment's due. Oh, no, no. He's coming... Hey, I want you to know your house payment's due, and you're going to lose your house. You remember you fell behind on the last one, and you know you haven't paid the utilities, and you know that the baby needs formula, and you know that the baby needs diapers, and you know that your wife's about ready to leave you, so you need something to do. You need a second, third, fourth job. You need to do something. You need to sell your kidney because you're about to lose everything, right? 
See, the way that the enemy comes is not just coming to provide you information. He's adding some drama to it because he wants you to align yourself with him. All right, so how did Jehoshaphat, how did he respond? In verse 3, we say, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So the Bible says that when he heard the news, he feared. So how many of you know that when you hear bad information, when you're purposing to live the best life now, how many of you know that the enemy is going to make sure that you don't live your best life, and the moment that you set your heart to do that, there's going to be some obstacles coming your way. And so you will have the opportunity to get into fear. But did you notice that upon getting into fear, he did something different. He didn't just stay there and wallow in his fear. He sought to seek the Lord. He said, man, I've got some stuff coming my way. And so I'm fearful right now, but I'm going to choose to align myself with God. Now listen to this. On the onset of the challenges of your life, how you respond can determine the outcome. What do I mean by that? Because, see, for you to have the temptation to fear is different than responding in fear. Are you seeing the difference? Everybody is going to be tempted to fear when you get bad news. But whether you choose to respond in fear and stay in that place of fear is a whole different story. So how you respond on the onset could set the final destination of what the outcome would be. And so Jehoshaphat, when he got the news, the Bible says that he responded not in fear, but in faith. He had the opportunity to be fearful, but instead the Bible says that he turned his face and sought the Lord. And says, God, I need your help. I choose to align with you today. Now, if your life is out of alignment, if you've got some stuff going on in your life, it may be a result of some choices that you've made. But here's the good thing about the choices that we've made. If they're bad, I can repent and say, God, realign me, and God sets me right back on the middle of the road. He pulls me out of the ditch, and he sets me right where I need to be because I've chosen in my heart to respond in faith rather than fear. What about you this morning? Are you choosing to live your best life now? Say it with me. Say, I can, I can. and I will. I will. Amen. Second, uh, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. Hold your place there in Second Chronicles. But Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and soundness of mind. So I want you to understand or see something that whenever the enemy brings something and drops it at your door, God gives you three times as much to answer the one thing that the devil brings your way. Amen. He says the devil brings fear, but I've given you power. I've given you soundness of mind, and I've given you love. Amen. So what does the enemy do? The whole purpose of the enemy to help get us out of alignment is he comes against and he attacks those three things. He comes against 
or attacks love. But here's what the Bible says concerning love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But, we, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I'm telling you, if you know how much God loves you, it will remove fear. If you have a life full of fear, then I'm telling you what, you have not come in contact with the love of God yet. I'm not saying you're not born again. I'm not saying you're not a Christian going to heaven. I'm saying if you live a life of fear, anxiety, and worry, you have not experienced the love of God yet because the love of God casts out fear. If you're laying in in bed at night and you're being tormented by the thoughts and the depression or whatever it is, then I'm telling you, you have not aligned yourself with love yet because perfect love casts out fear. And God wants you to experience the freedom. He says, when the devil comes and brings fear at your door, he says, I've given you love. How many of you know it takes faith to know how much God loves you? That, uh, that's, a, that's a strong statement. It takes faith to know how much God loves you. Because I'll tell you, just my personality, I can look in the mirror the moment that I wake up and start criticizing myself. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right? I've got to have faith or the faith to know how much God loves me to supersede the things that I think about myself. And that's a big task. You hear what I'm saying? Secondly, the Bible says not only has He given us love, but He's given us power. God has given us power when fear comes knocking on your door. When He comes and drops off that bad news, He's given you power. What is that power? That power is the authority that God has given you to withstand the enemy. Having done all, stand and stand therefore resisting Him. So therefore, I don't have to stand here and take what the enemy gives me. I can say in Jesus' name, stop it because I'm a child of God. But fear will challenge the authority that you have. Come on. When cancer is the diagnosis, but the Bible says you're the healed of the Lord. How confident are you? How bold are you in who you are when the doctor just said you've got two weeks to live? That's when the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Now, I'm not being insensitive because I realize we're faced with emotions. My point is, is that when you begin to know who you are in Christ and the authority that you have, when the devil comes putting things on your door, you can stand fast and knowing I've not have, I don't have to have the spirit of fear because I've got power. I've got authority in Jesus' name. And the last thing. This is what the enemy comes to do. He comes to attack soundness of mind. What does fear do? It attacks the soundness of mind. Let me give you one verse before I move on. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 in the Amplified, it says this. It says, let not your character or your moral disposition. It says, let it be free. Don't let it be free. From, or let it be free from the love of money, including greed Uh, lust and craving of earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you, let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. 
Come on, God wants you to understand he's got your back. You can live your best life now because God's got your back. He's got a hold on you. You might feel like your life is in a free fall right now, but I'm here to tell you, God's got a hold on you. And so you can begin to walk free of fear. Remember the Bible says that fear is tormenting. But when you know that God's got a hold of you, that he says, I won't let go of you, assuredly not. It gives me soundness of mind. And how many of you know that's where the assault is? He'll assault your mind. He'll assault your thought life. Why? Because he wants to steal your joy. Fear will cause you to respond incorrectly, won't it? When you are full of fear, you won't live your best life. When you're full of fear, you won't experience God's best. Why? Because it separates you from the thing that God said He wants to do. Now, unfortunately, there are so many individuals that live this, live this life. Just live full of fear. It's just normal. That might be you this morning. Or maybe you know somebody. That the way you respond to any circumstance... It's fearful. It's critical. You realize criticism is nothing more than fear-based opinions, right? You can be critical. You can be negative. I always see the glass half empty. Why? It's because we've gotten so accustomed to living a life of fear. But God says, I've given you soundness of mind. Realign yourself with the way God sees you. Realign yourself the way God desires for you to experience this life. Amen? If you think about it, fear is kind of like a kink in a water hose. If you kink the water hose, there's all kinds of water that is available, but it's cut off because of the kink. And God wants to bless you, and God wants you to experience the best life. But we've got to be free from fear. Why? Because it stops the flow. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 3, once again, speaking from what we read in 2 Chronicles, it says, Jehoshaphat feared, but he set himself to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast. What did he do? He refocused. He realigned. He unkinked the hose. And he allowed God to bring a blessing and bring the increase. Now again, for the sake of time, I'm running real short on time, so I'm going to bring it to a close and giving you my last point. The Bible says that as he started to seek the Lord, God gave him some instruction. He said, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to get ready for battle. He says, there are those that are coming against you. And isn't it interesting, the Bible didn't say that just one was coming. He says, these, these are coming, these are coming, these are coming. They're all coming together and they're coming to attack you. He says, well, what do I do, God? He says, assemble for battle. He says, well, God, we're, we're not... We're not able, we're outnumbered. He said, no, assemble for battle. He said, but here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to put the praisers out front. He says, and before you start battle, going into battle, he says, I want you to start lifting your voice and go forward praising me. And so the Bible says that's exactly what they did. They began to praise. But the Bible says that there was the Mount Seir that was between them and the enemy. They finally crossed over the mountain and got where the enemy was but every single one of the enemy was dead they turned on themselves 
they killed one another. The moral of the story is, is that for you to live your best life now is to trust God with the unseen. When it feels like you're up against a mountain, when it feels like fear is knocking at your door, know that when you begin to praise, even though you can't see what's on the other side of your mountain, God is moving on your behalf. And he's taking care of the enemy. And he said to them and he's saying to you, the battle belongs to the Lord. Just lift your voice and begin to praise. And in the unseen areas of life that you don't know how, don't know where, don't know when, God is moving on your behalf. And the answer for living your best life is at the other end of your praise. And see, oftentimes what we're doing is we're saying, God, I'm waiting for you to do something. God, I'm waiting for you to move. God, don't move until you move. God didn't start moving on their behalf until they started praising. They realigned their hearts with God. So what are you struggling with today? What challenges are you facing? Are you facing marital issues? Are you facing some health issues? Money issues, life issues. If we ask you the question, are you living your best life now? If that answer is no, then God says it's a perfect time to praise. To lift up your voice and align yourself with Him. And as you begin to praise Him, He goes to work on your behalf. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You might be facing some things right now. Once again. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe there's some things going on. That nobody knows about. You've just smiled. Put the good face on but nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on at home. Maybe it's the finances. Maybe your finances are so out of sorts. And you're just on the edge of losing it all. You realize it's not too impossible for God to turn it around. But the question is, is are you willing to align yourself with God? And I'm not just talking about aligning yourself today for the moment gratification of saying okay God if I'll do it today will you take care of it today no he's asking for your heart he's asking for your life to give you your best life if that's you this morning and you've been struggling with some areas of life I'm just going to pray for you and then after I pray I want us just to lift our voice and give thanks and then we're going to sing a song as we close. And I want it to be your moment of praising God. All right, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now. Yep. For the homes that are out of alignment. 
When I say homes, I'm talking about the family, talking about the marriage. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the alignment of our homes right now. Yep, in Jesus' name, I boldly declare that we as men, we as fathers, align ourselves and we take the lead. In Jesus' name, I declare that by faith. That, Lord, you're working on the hearts of men. You're aligning their hearts. And they're coming out of the ditch. In Jesus' name. Yeah. And I thank you for a grace and a peace and a comfort that comes in the home. And yet, we thank you, Father, that wives and moms are coming up alongside, supporting, undergirding, speaking words of faith. And I thank you that, Lord, it's aligning now in Jesus' name. A united front with man and woman, husband and wife, mother and father in Jesus' name, locking arms, one heart, one mind, one voice in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Father. And yes, areas in which we had experienced rebellion with children, frustrations, concerns, the things that we've seen and the, just the, the difficulty of not knowing how to answer that. Oh, the alignment right now is bringing everything into its place. Husband wife, son, and daughter. Aha. Yeah, I see that, Lord. So that's why you had me pray that way, because upon the home, everything else falls into place. Yeah, the finances fall into place. The security falls into place. The peace falls into place. Yeah, and the home is being aligned top to bottom, inside and out. No more frays, no more bold tires, no more danger zone. For no, we are coming into alignment in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and all the thanks. And everyone said, amen. Come on, let's just give them thanks right now in Jesus' name. Father. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life
podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.